Hello and welcome to the NBA podcast on the SP Weekly channel. I'm your host, Samit Paul, and as always, I'm joined by co-host and NBA guru, Jack Cowlin. Jack, how you doing? Yes, all good this end, mate. I don't know where these weeks are going. It seems like we're flying up to Christmas at the minute, but um, yeah, really happy to, to have enjoyed another good week of the NBA. So uh, yo to you, yo to the people. Good man. Right, so lots to get through as always. We'll talk the Boston Celtics as their winning streak goes on. The Chicago Bulls are putting up a fight and picked up an impressive win, while the Cleveland Cavaliers finally ended their losing streak. We've also got Jack's team of the week and our betting tips to come. But first, Jack, where else to start other than the Boston Celtics? A seven-game winning streak. They've picked up wins against the Sacramento Kings and the Oklahoma City Thunder since we last spoke. How have you assessed the back end of the past week? And I'm sure you're a happy man. Yeah, definitely, mate. Is this ever going to end? It's sort of like, um, yeah, really happy days. You know, I think we've got the, the most winningest record now in the NBA. I think we're the first team ever, actually, that's gone to, to lose their first two games, then win the next seven. So, um, yeah, incredible feat, really. You know, the Kings, it's a bit of a gimme, really. You know, they're a really poor Kings team. And, and obviously at home, um, felt really comfortable we're going to win that. So 113.86 was a bit of a drumming, really. Um, Kyrie, immense on defence again. Four steals. I don't know what Brad has done to that guy. Um, but amazing. I think he ended up 22 points, five assists and four steals there. Um, but everyone from him through to Horford and Baines, through to, to the young guys. Even Ojale off the bench was a brute in defence as well and, and really helped us reduce their off- offence um, to ever getting in flow. So um, fantastic outing you know um, Daniel Tice again double double actually for him Um, I think he ended up 10 points 10 rebounds so that was really impressive and the enthusiasm and energy he brought off the bench again so really you know comfortable win but you've got to get him done you know as as we've seen there's been plenty of slip-ups already so far this season from teams that should be um, knocking off other teams and um, you've got to get done so we we did that pretty emphatically but the um, the big one uh, and obviously the showstopper was the Thunder really at Thunder um what a roller coaster it was sort of first half was was hell really looked so ominous for us I saw so many people on Twitter saying they're switching off you know that that they were um sort of done with it and you know I was worried really worried actually that for as good as we've been running into a team with sort of four high performers was just too much for us you know I think it was actually Stephen Adams and Paul George that that really gave us the trouble um you know Adams was really sort of dominating in the paint and, and sort of seemingly getting the better of Baines which we haven't seen too much of so far this season and Paul George was just knocked down scoring and, and looking really dangerous obviously Westbrook looked like he was going to cruise to a triple double as he always does um but we did a good job on Carmelo throughout the game he ended up with a double double but we did a good job on him throughout the game um but just as look we were looking down and out Boom, second half could not be more of a polar opposite, really, could it? You know, Marcus Morris, shout out for him on his first appearance, I think shook off the rust in the first half, but made his presence really felt in the third quarter. Um, some really locked down defence on, on um, Anthony, as, as I mentioned, but also um, a few free throws and a bit of scoring really sort of got us got us to the table in terms of sort of really kind of got us within reach of them, which I think spared everybody else on. And then the fourth quarter... Al Horford decided to do an Isaiah Thomas impression by becoming an absolute <laughs> boss. He was sort of draining everything, including, you know, loads of freeze, difficult freeze and, and things like that. He was, um, you know, phenomenal once again from average hour. I think someone called him on the radio a couple of weeks ago. And I think yeah. that he's just keeps getting panned every single game at the moment. So it's an awesome hour, I think, is the new one everyone's going for. Um, Kyrie had a poor first half, but found his groove and, and was unplayable in that second half. Brown's double-double was vital, got us rolling. So, um, a fantastic result. You know, the Thunder obviously aren't quite at the level that probably everybody's expecting to go up, but don't get it wrong. You know, there's four 
you know, elite caliber players there through um, George Westbrook, Anthony, and, and and Stephen Adams again, who I don't think quite gets enough you know credit for, for how good he is and how vital he is to them. And uh, yeah, you know that the character that this young newly formed team is showing is just something to behold. You know, I think every sales fan out there must be just just loving it. Absolutely, I'm massively impressed with them. Big win for you boys. Just picking up on a title from the ESPN reaction to the game. It's not all pretty, but Celtics Thunder back for best-looking win of the season. Would you put that up there as his best win so far? I would, yeah. You know, I think I think the Spurs game was... It's always fantastic to beat Spurs because regardless of who they've got on the floor, you know how well they're going to be drilled and, and you know, how strong they are as a team and a squad with, you know, with the probably the best coach in NBA still in pop. So, um, yeah, that was a good win. But Thunder, I think, for us on the road... Um, against those superstar players and just being that far behind them, you know, it looked as though, as I said, they were going to put 20-30 on us at one point and it was sort of like, oh, Christ, how, how are the young guns going to show up here? Um, but we did, you know, Tatum was, was probably our best performer in the first half. He kind of kept us in group, as I said, then a few bench players and all of a sudden you could just see that momentum shifting and, of course, Brad ran some amazing plays as well. So, um, yeah, I think that is our, our win of the season. Good stuff. Over to the Orlando Magic tonight. First v third, you know, who would have called that sort of <laughs> a couple of weeks back or whatnot. So, um, yeah, it'd be an interesting one. Um, without Augustine, hopefully we can, we can keep this run going. Absolutely. Good stuff. Moving over to the Chicago Bulls. Uh, close losses to the Miami Heat, but New Orleans Pelicans over the last few nights. But obviously the standout one was a surprise win over the Orlando Magic. Uh, again, I think we spoke about it in the previous podcast. Key to that game was sharing the rock. Seven players in double scoring figures. And for me, the biggest takeaway from all three, rather than just focusing on the win, I think it's just brilliant to see this young team continue to play hard. And, you know, we've obviously got inferior talent to the rest of these guys in the league, but to see them, obviously it's a struggle, but to see them play hard and still go out and try and win, it's got to be reassuring for Fred Hoiberg and the organisation as a whole. So for me, that was definitely the biggest positive. Um, and then just taking in an individual sort of basis, Markkanen averaging 16.3 points, nine rebounds per game. Still looking very impressive. Happy with him. Yeah. And uh, shout out to Nawaba, who was good against the Magic, and Valentine hitting threes. So lots of little positives, really, to take away from that, Jack. I think, you know, we've been, I've been pretty miserable on this podcast <laughs> talking about the Bulls for the last few, few days, a few weeks. But a lot of positives to take from the last few nights, I believe. Yeah, stuff to cling on to, isn't there? Do you, know I mean? yeah. <laughs> you know, you're not calling for any uh, banners or anything like that. But no, <laughs> there is some good stuff. You know, marketing... The marksman is, you know, I'm going to keep trying to get that name. I like that one. I want that to stick with him. But yeah, yeah, he looks great. You know, as, as a rookie, looks like he, he just belongs in the NBA, doesn't he? He's got a bit of, he's a bit different, but it reminds me a bit of Saric last year, you know, in, from the 76ers, who, who was probably one of the main um, contenders for sort of rookie of the year in the end, because he, he's just quietly going about it, you know, and, and I think people... You know, as I said, he's, he's not really a high first player, but his dunks, his three-point shooting, his defensive work, his rebounding. I think he's um, he looks really good and he's certainly putting himself at the moment as someone to to really keep an eye on. And, and by the end of the year, if he can keep this up, he'll, he'll be right in contention for, um, you know, the, the teams of the year for the Rooks and stuff. So really good from him. And Waba, yeah, you know, whenever you don't know a player and all of a sudden they come out with a bit of a breakout performance like that, it's always really exciting to see. So hopefully he can be an asset for you guys. Um, and then, as you said, yeah, Valentine. I, I was quite high on Valentine last year when he came out the draft. But, yeah, again, with all the dramas over at the Bulls, didn't really get going. But look, signs that he might be finding his feet a bit. And then, um, yeah, holidays. He seems to be averaging about 89 points at the minute as well. So, um, yeah, mate, do you know what I mean? Not all doom and gloom. Um, and maybe some some steps and building blocks with 
Um, obviously, a couple injuries to, to return maybe later in the year to um, to help you out and maybe start pushing on a little bit. 100%. But cherishing these wins when they do come. So that's two for the season. Yeah. <laughs> More than I imagined. So, yeah. What a fortnight. Yeah, you'll be happy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, uh, no, good stuff in Chicago. Moving on to other results and standout performers around the league. Just a quick mention on the Cavs for me personally. Finally ended their four-game losing streak. LeBron obviously had that big night with 57 points. <laughs> But Jack, did the Cavs end the winners or did LeBron well, end yeah. the losing streak? <laughs> I don't know if that should go on Cavs' record. That should just go on LeBron's record. <laughs> that is a very, very good point. But for me, there's still a lot of question marks and a lot of concerns with the Cavs. And again, as I've mentioned previously, I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying their struggles. I'm not going to lie. The fact that they're <laughs> sitting down there with a 4-5 and five record, it's, it's, it's good times. But injury to Tristan Thompson, question marks over the roster, the age of it. There's poor defence. I don't know what's going on with the likes of Crowder especially and few of the other guys there and ultimately I don't think you know you can't rely and wait on LeBron to go into beast mode every night and bail them out so no. on their half I guess it's good to see that losing streak end but there's still a lot of question marks there yeah definitely I think you know LeBron said after the game that this is the best he's ever felt and I think the Wizards all the talk coming out the Wizards being a legit contender for them you know that revs him up when he's got a point to prove you know LeBron you know he can become this unstoppable force can't he which he was you know he, he was immense last, you know on that game sorry so um, but yeah they're, they're a million miles away from turning any sort of corner aren't they I, you know I certainly don't believe this is a, a corner turn for them it's um, I think on Crowder and such you know I read a fairly interesting piece on how player suit situations sometimes and you know it was, it was all fair enough everybody sort of saying you know Crowder and IT were sort of hard done by by the Celtics for being traded but it's easy to forget that the Celtics made those guys you know and again they weren't performing we gave them the chance and things and then um obviously we moved them on and yeah some some worrying concerns you know Jay was always one of those he was a bit polarizing in, in, in his time in Boston sort of some people loved him some people didn't I? You know, I, I really liked what he brought in the, the grittiness, the toughness to, to the game. But you could tell he was never an elite scorer and things. And I think from your wings nowadays, you want that. And um, but he did bring the defense. But at the minute he's not bringing the defense, and as such, he's not getting the minutes really. So a um, few issues there, you know. But yeah, they they need to sort it out uh, again. I sort of put out there. It's a bit of a weird situation where you're, you're loving the Cavs struggles, but I want to see Isaiah Thomas back. You know, again, there's so much love from fans obviously I'm not in Boston but and um, so I'd like to see him come back and, and just see what he could do to to maybe help the Cavs out but I think you know their, their issues go deeper so um it'll be interesting to see what what happens now another talking point was the Warriors beating the Spurs we spoke about in the last podcast preview of well a potential preview of the Western Conference Finals for some I've got to admit that I'm glad that the Spurs went on to end their losing streak but again there were big question marks from that game and for me Kawhi Leonard and Tony Parker can't come back quick enough for them so yeah, I think it was a slow start from the Warriors. They looked sloppy getting going, which, um, and you know, the Spurs were, were good. They went into a fairly good lead from um, the, the first quarter, um, which, again, you know, I think it's just my expectation of the Warriors. I don't expect to ever see chinks in their armour, but you kind of forget, you know, these other teams are good as well. But yeah, they got into that rhythm. They were just too much for the Spurs. You know, I think Clay led the way with scoring, but Katie had some big plays in there. But um, yeah, no, it's tough, as you say, you know. Leonard, you, we're not talking about a, a very good player here. You know, he's very much the franchise player. He's a top five player in the NBA for me. Um, and yeah, they just need him back. And then people like Parker and stuff who give that bit of depth, give that little bit of know-how, I think will just really help them. You know, you could see um, Popovich got ejected for some texts again, ballistic at some rest for, for travelling calls, which, you know, I, I think I did agree with him on a couple of them. But good to see such passion from him early on. But I think that is a little bit of... 
you know, he knows without some favours from, from refs, he's got a tough enough job at the moment against some of these top teams. So uh, I think he was just sort of losing his plot a bit there. So um, if they were to meet in the final, I'd expect it to look a whole lot different than it did on a Friday night or Thursday night. Absolutely. Uh, over in Portland, and a buzzer beater from Damien Lillard. Yeah. reminding us all that it's the same time I believe you wanted to discuss the most clutch player in the NBA yeah mate yeah it was um, I don't know I do love Dame Dollar there's something about him isn't there do you know what I mean he, he is a baller for certain and he's definitely up there you know when, when you talk about clutch you know it's, it's one of those really strange sort of phrases because obviously there's actually very few opportunities to hit sort of game winners so there's probably some players out there that we don't even know um, are, are really clutch but, but yeah I just thought you know, he's got to be up there, Dame. I was trying to think of who I would take, you know, if it was Boston Celtics versus the Warriors, Game 7, 99 or, you know, two seconds on the clock. Who do you want taking that shot? And it's um, it's really difficult. Obviously, now we've got Kyrie. You know, Isaiah drained some for us last year. But now we've got Kyrie. He's obviously hit some pretty clutch shots in his time already and, and such. But you've got people, the Warriors, KD, Curry, Clay, you know, they can all sink shots as you can. There's superstar players, Leonard Harden, Westbrook and such. But Dame has seemingly done it a lot in recent years. And I think he'd be right up there with my consideration. But I think I'd still go LeBron. I think, you know, I think LeBron just, he can score in any sort of fashion. You know, his the level that he's at and the confidence that he has and such. You know, he hit a, I don't know if you remember it, he hit a game um, winner. Or I think it took it to overtime actually against the Wizards last year where He's like falling off the court and he just sort of <laughs> lings it from the side from like 40 yards. It was like, it was crazy. But I think I'd still have to go to LeBron if I was in that situation. Who are you calling? Well, I was just going to say, I'm glad you said LeBron because I do feel sometimes he gets left behind in these kind of conversations, even though he is the best player in the league. But I'll go with KD and I, I have to steal your answer in a way because I just feel like the variation of what he can do in that sort of moment, yeah. whether it's, you know, pulling up for a three, whether, you know, jump shot, whether it's, you know, going to the basket and finishing... There's just so many ways that you can do it that I'd probably want the ball in Durant's hand. So, yeah, definitely. Take I think that's fair. Analysis, I think, I think the thing with KD as well, yeah, because he is such an elite scorer. I think he's, um, his, his height. You know, who do you, if it is in that situation, who does the opposition have guarded? Do you go? For a big man who he could then maybe breeze past and quickly get a shot off, or do you go a smaller, quicker man, but then he can just stand over them and throw it? You know, it's yeah. sort of. Um, I think yeah, KD, LeBron, as I said, but. Dame Dollar's got to be in there for a shout as well. <laughs> Absolutely. Just for the celebration, you know, he's got only plus, <laughs> he knows Isaiah's out, so he's just getting that in as much as he can to take ownership of it. Perfect, good stuff. Any other standout games, Jack, from the uh, past few nights? Um, not particularly standout games. I think shout out to the Timberwolves. You know, they won three this week against Heat, um, Heat and Pelicans on the road and at home against Mavs. So really starting to look like a playoff team, which I think... I think everybody wants, really, don't we? I think everybody wants to see the Timberwolves in the playoffs and see how those Car- um, Carlton Towns and, uh, and Wiggins and obviously Butler who um, and such can get on. Um, and 76ers too, you know, I think um, wins at Mavs and the Rockets and home home against lowly Hawks, uh, but a good win against the informed Pacers as well. Kicked a really impressive week for them. Um, I love how Tatum is doing for us at the moment, but Ben Simmons is looking awesome for the 76ers. You know, he's really killing at the moment. He's, he had more hype many college ball players that I can remember for a long time but then um, LSU sucked and obviously you know got cursed by the Philly rookie um, sort of curse that goes around with all these injuries and stuff but now he's in the NBA I think he's looking unbelievable really you know posting another triple double um, at the start of the weekend and um, looking like a real legit 
you know elite star there in, in Simmons, and, and they've obviously got Embiid and some other interesting pieces there. So um, good weeks for 76 and Timberwolves, who you know both have aspirations of, of trying to get into that those playoffs, and um, both could have opportunities this year. Yeah, definitely. Now I was going to give Minnesota a shout. I think I've been impressed with them. So glad you mentioned them. Uh, side note for me, just to get your kind of opinion on it, because I'm only going on highlights. Can't profess to watch their games in depth, but. Are the Lakers a yeah. four and five team for you? Because from what I've seen, the highlight reels, obviously they've got a lot of young pieces there. Yeah. Obviously, Ball had his struggles at one stage, but everybody seems to be chipping in. You've got Lopez stepping up as well to add that experience. Are they a four and five team? Is that about right for them? Or do you think they can definitely improve as the season goes on? I think they can improve. They've had a couple of close games, haven't they, for sure. But I think the problem the Lakers got, I think you've hit the nail on the head in terms of the highlights are fantastic and sort of what, you know, they're, they're doing some great ball, but when you watch the, the sort of more in-depth version of the games, the, the game management, the sort of control of scoring, the defense at times and, and things like that, you can see that they're still a young team trying to come together. And uh, yeah, obviously it's, it's important to, to sort of manage games across the line. So it's all very well being close, but if you're not getting the W, unfortunately it's not going to help you, but I think they can be happy. You know, I think, being just under 500 at this point, you know, coming up to 10 games in, um, isn't too bad for the Lakers. You know, I think realistically, then, you know, they're not going to be anywhere near the top six, seven in, in the West and such, but it's the eighth seed that they're, you know, they've got to be looking at. And, um, you know, they're not a million miles away from that at the minute. It's just a couple of those close losses into close wins and such. So, um, I think they can be happy. I think they're exciting, you know, and, and, and you know, Lonzo, um, was scoreless the other night but he still does some good stuff and you can't help but want to watch him and Kuzma and I love people like Randall and, and people but um, I think Larry Nance Jr. might have picked up an injury um, this week which could be a big loss for them and um, yeah we'll see how they go but um, yeah a little bit more game management and um, five and four suddenly looks really good for them. Good stuff. Uh, right moving on to your team of the week Jack everybody's been waiting for it who's made your lineup? Team of the week so um, I think so as again to go and kind of guards forwards and, and center. Um, first guard this week is Dame Dollar, Dame Limit. Come on, game winner, buzzer beater. You've got to get you in the team of the week, doesn't it? As I said, yeah. you know, without IT taking ownership of the watch celebration, he's he's doing he's going to be doing that as much as possible, I think. So um, yeah, mate, I know what time it is. Time for you to get in Jack's team of the week. There you go, Dame. <laughs> um, and then I've got to go for my boy Kyrie. You know, as the, as the other gun. You know, some might say it's biased, but. I think his stats back him up. He's, he's on the most winningest team in the, in the NBA, as I mentioned at the start. You know, he's very much the leader. Um, and he's had a, a stunner of the week with wins over the Spurs and the Thunder. You know, I think he's earned it. So um, I've been shouting from the rooftops about how impressive he's been defensively, but averaging 24 points, five assists. You know, he, he's turned in some of the best finishing at the basket that I've seen, um, again, for a Celtics team in, in, in a long time. So, um, yeah, getting my team, youngster. Um, forwards. LeBron, you know, yeah. he has to make the team this week after that performance against the Wizards. Uh, against the Wizards, sorry, you know, not only a, an unbelievable night, but his feet, I think, 29,000 points. Um, you know, youngest guy to ever get there and stuff. And, um, you know, as Cavs suck, it's hard to get behind LeBron as MVP candidacy at the moment. But I saw a stat which is ridiculous, which said he's averaging 29 points and shooting 61% from the field. That's a higher percentage than prime Shaq. And LeBron's thrown up four um, plus threes a night. So uh, no play in NBA history has ever averaged 29 points and 60% plus. So uh, 
Yeah, do you know I mean again because the Cavs suck, you kind of you know everyone knows LeBron's their star player and stuff. But again, those sort of numbers are just unheard of and things. So um, yeah, ridiculous. So uh, yeah, got to get LeBron in. Um, cheating a little bit by moving a, a shooting guard maybe into the small forward position. But um, I've got Devin Booker in there actually um, because, and I'm really pleased to, to kind of get him in there. You know, he's been so good throughout his young NBA career today. But with all the troubles the Suns have had, I was worried what it can mean for him you know sometimes people get stunted by obviously the coaching issues and everything else that's sort of been going on but um yeah with all the chaos and Bledsoe coming out of the team he's really stood up uh, and you know their record was only two out of two this week but he averaged around 31 points through those four games and, and I think has really starting to find his flow again so um yeah really good week for, for Booker as I said I, I really like his him as a player and, and watching him play so um that was great to do and then at centre I had to go for the, uh, the the unicorn, Paul Zingas. He had a huge week, didn't he? You know, obviously the Knicks have been on a, a nice run of form and uh, he, he's certainly key to that, averaging over 31 points, eight rebounds, a couple of blocks. You know, he's had some mouth-dropping moments in that as well. I think we mentioned oh. um, maybe on the Wednesday, you know, the, the block to dunk sort of thing, <laughs> which was just ridiculous and things. So, um, yeah, always happy to uh, to include the unicorn. So, um, yeah, he's in there and, uh, yeah, interesting to see what the Knicks can, can, can continue to do. Absolutely. Good mix there, Jack. I'm happy with that. Paul Zingish, that, that sequence of play was unbelievable. Just ridiculous, wasn't it? Yeah, good stuff. No, good team of the week. Right, moving on to betting tips. Uh, start with some each sure thing, which is not really a sure thing, but we'll see how we get on this week. <laughs> uh, I'm going with the Clippers at home against the Miami Heat. You can get them at 1.44. What's the uh, jackpot bet? For this podcast, yeah, I think you're there, mate. Yeah, so quick shout out to myself. Uh, I always want to pat myself on the back with my uh, uh, my bet. We came in last week, but the uh, my fourfold. But the only issue was that we didn't post the podcast till the following day, so nobody could get on it other than me. So sorry about that. This this bet. Um, I've gone for a threefold this week. I think Rockets at home to Jazz, Knicks at home to Pacers, um, and then I think the win uh, the Thunder to win a, on the road in a toughie against the Trailblazers. That's probably the, the gamble, the real gamble in there. So um, that will return you £3.40 per every pound you put on. So plenty of money to be potentially won there. And that, I think that looks pretty good. Good man. Sounds good. A busy week in the NBA as usual. What's the games looking like on BT Sport this week for the UK listeners, Jet? It is a busy week. Yeah, it is a busy week. But it's. Um, I think there's, unless my TV guide uh, was to be misbelieved, um, there's only the Heat v Clippers tonight at 8.30 that's on between now and Wednesday, which... Um, I was trying to figure out why that might be. There's obviously, um, but I couldn't really figure it out, in honesty, why why that is. So, um, yeah, only the Heat v Clippers that I could see, which is tonight at 8.30pm. You know, Heat have underwhelmed so far, but with White so back for them, they should be looking to, to get on the road. But I think I agree with you, you know, Clippers leading the way out west. So um, definitely favourites for the W for me. So um, worth a watch. Sounds good. I shall be tuning in. Right. I think that brings an end to this podcast, unless you had anything else you'd like to add. Yeah, no, I think that's about it. Obviously, really pleased to see Celtics still leading the East, which is good news. I think it'll be interesting to see the Bucks. You know, there's been a drop off there from, from Bucks. We've all been raving. Obviously, Yanis is still doing Yanis things, but we, um, we've all been raving about them a little bit. But they've quietly dropped down to, to 11th, for, you know, same record as the Cavs now. So, bad week for, for those guys. You know, out west. Rockets and Warriors now lead the way, which I think is, is probably more in line with what we expected over there. Um, but the race for eighth looks really interesting and exciting again. So, um, yeah, you know, another good week uh, of NBA and looking forward to this one. Absolutely. Lots more to come, so I can't wait. Jack, that brings us an end to this podcast. So, nothing left but say goodbye to the people. Goodbye to the people.